Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Paul. How's it going? It is going very well. I know we're closing in here on the end of season four. That's hard to believe. This is the 47th episode of Simplify Your Retirement. Absolutely amazing. They say time flies when you're having fun. And uh, it's amazing to go back and look at uh, all the different topics and all the guests that we've had on over the last uh, couple of years. And 47 episodes and we're just getting started. We've covered a lot of ground. Again, we do this for education, Uh right? I mean, we're an education-based financial planning firm. And so one of the values that we bring to our clients and really that we want for everyone is knowledge, which leads to wisdom. For those who may be listening for the first time, what would you say the difference is between knowledge and wisdom? That's a good question. And we, we look at knowledge as, you know, gaining information, uh, mm-hmm. learning things that, uh, you know, that are helpful and, and valuable, but wisdom is actually putting that to practical use. And so what we focus on when we teach classes is not just getting more information. Someone can do that every day. And that, that may be valuable to learn, to read books, to go online, to take courses, but it really doesn't really mean anything unless you do something with it. And so the purpose of mm-hmm. our education is always that someone takes it and they're able to use it and apply it to their life, which is wisdom. And we also believe that wisdom comes first, then wealth. Absolutely. And wisdom, you know, is as a result of knowledge, but it's taking action. Mm-hmm. And then that results in wealth. Absolutely. And here at Wise Wealth, that is our tagline, so to speak, is first wisdom, then wealth. And again, Simplify Your Retirement is our educational arm of Wise Wealth. Mm-hmm. And so this is meant to bring knowledge to people but we don't want them just to sit there and go, wow, that was great. We want them to be able to do something with it. And so yeah. if if someone's listening for the first time, you hear an episode, you go back and you binge listen to this mm-hmm. because it's better than binge watching on Netflix, obviously. Right. And you want to take action. Call us, mm-hmm. 816-246-WISE. That's 9476-816-246-WISE. Or email us at info at simplifyyourretirement.com. And we would be glad to be able to help you take that action step. Absolutely. And during the course of, you know, all of these seasons, and especially this one, you know, we've covered some topics that, you know, may appeal to certain people at certain times. It's not for everyone, but the, the goal of our podcast, especially, is to bring up topics that people hear about sometimes Uh, bring up topics and and discuss things that people sometimes are confused by. It doesn't mean that we recommend it even per se. It doesn't mean that we're saying that you should own this product. For Mm -hmm. example, you know, this year, uh, one of our podcasts here recently in season four was about reverse mortgages. We believe that everyone should at least know what they are, how they operate. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you should get one. Maybe you should. Uh, Same thing on, you know, whole life and universal life and using that to, you know, quote unquote, bank on yourself. Mm -hmm. These are topics that are relevant because there's a lot of people out there talking about them. There's certain people that believe that these are the only investments that are worth it. And so I think it's important for us, for our audience, for our clients, for our prospects, for anyone that we're working with to understand how these things work. 
Absolutely. And that's where knowledge begins, understanding how it works. And then, you know, then you have to figure out if that's the right thing for you. And today's topic I'm, I'm excited about because I think we're able to take, again, a topic that is broad and bring it down for people to be able to understand really what does this mean. And so when I think about it, I think about just even watching the news lately. If you watch the news at all, you'll always hear terms like, hey, the market was up. Mm-hmm. The market was down. Mm-hmm. What is the market, right? And so it's such a broad term. It's like saying, yeah, I own a car. Yeah. What does that mean? Is it a truck? Is it a van? Is it a coupe? You know, what is it? And so I think today's topic is really what a lot of people would see as a subset of the market. But I think it's even broader than that. It's even bigger than that because this really boils down to a philosophy of investing. Right. Absolutely. And it's important to have that, to to know why you believe what you believe, to know why you invest Mm -hmm. the way that you invest, to know why you own what you own. Absolutely. And you almost got me off track. You you hit one of my <laughs> triggers and I'm not going to go there because it could take me 10 minutes to talk about when people just say the market, you know what that means. That's a show for another time because I want to stay on, on topic today. And I know today we're specifically, we're going to be talking about, you know, biblically responsible investing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad to have with us, uh, you know, two guests. We're going to do sort of a round table today so people get a good idea of of what this is. And we've got two of our, you know, very own experts on the topic here with us. Uh, first is Ben Malik. Uh, ben was on the show with us here in season two, I believe episode 10 of season two. You can go back and listen to that one. We had a discussion on this a little bit as well, but Ben is uh, chief investment officer of Wise Wealth. He's also the portfolio manager for Bright Portfolios, uh, which is our biblically responsible investment models. He's also a chartered financial analyst and a certified kingdom advisor. Ben, Thanks for joining us again today in the podcast. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then we also have David Sandu. David is a, a Wise Wealth Financial Advisor. He's also a Certified Kingdom Advisor. He's also a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. And he's pretty much been the, the go-to guy for the Bright Portfolio's online access and advice. And David, glad you're with us today as well. Hey, Stephen. Happy to be here. All right, guys. Uh, we're just going to jump right into this. And, you know, what I wanted to do today on this episode is really just make sure people understand, you know, what this is and maybe what this is not. When we talk about biblically responsible investing, but I, I want to start uh, very broad and work our way down. So, in the world of investing, Paul mentioned the market. And, you know, and generally speaking, the market is made up of every single stock and every single bond. And someone could own, you know, the total stock market index. You can own everything. But then lately, and I say lately, it may be in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years, there's been this whole shift in mindset of people, whether they are, you know, values conscious or not, whether they are, you know, Christians or not, or anything like that, to have some sort of screens on their investments. And there's all types of screening that's out there. And I want to start with the broadest level of screening, and that is, you know, ESG investing. And so a lot of people sometimes are reading, you know, magazines, financial magazines, they're hearing about ESG. And, you know, that's a broad, you know, term, broad definition. So Ben, let me bring you in here on that one. When you think of ESG, how would you, you know, describe that to someone? What does that entail? Yeah. So those ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. So these companies that investors are investing in are being screened for companies that are not harming the environment or mm-hmm. companies that are taking proactive measures to take care of the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, same on a lot of social levels. So we're talking about you know forced labor, making sure that companies are taking care to check the supply chain to make sure that there's not forced labor within their supply chains. Uh, we're talking about mm-hmm. governance 
how the board is structured and how compensation is set. All of these different levels of governance within there, there are different standards that these companies are trying to meet to qualify for these ESG scores. You know, a lot of scores are out there for ESG. And it seems like we're hearing a lot about this. It seems like most of the the massive mutual fund companies out there, a lot of the money managers, you know, especially a lot of pension funds, hedge funds, everyone's looking for ESG type investing over just, you know, investments that are not screened. I think there's this general sense that people want to, I think people are getting closer to what they own. And we know, David, you know, the stock ownership is actually owning a part of that company. I think just in general, I think the public investment community is starting to become more aware of not only what they purchased, but what they owned. What do you think? Yeah, I think especially as companies are taking a stance either for or against something, investors are becoming more aware of uh, what a company stands for. And more people, it seems, are becoming aware of what's inside of their portfolios whether that aligns with their personal faith and mm-hmm. personal investing philosophy or not. And, uh, you know, people obviously, they vote based on their values. I think a lot of people will uh, maybe shop based on their values. They'll choose places to go and, and spend their money at versus other ones because they like what that company stands for or what they do. They may be involved in certain, you know, social media platforms based on what they like and don't like. And so, and now it's even gotten into the world of investing, you know, wanting to make sure we invest in companies that align with, you know, what we believe. And thankfully, there are a lot of ways to do that. And this is something that's, you know, very commonplace now uh, in the world of ESG investing. It's interesting that Morningstar in uh, November of 2016 said, sustainable investing research suggests no performance penalty. In 2014, Oxford University reviewed 190 academic studies in the relationship between sustainability and firm performance finding that 80% of the studies suggested a positive relationship between good sustainability and stock performance. And so I think what people are realizing that, you know, if they want to invest according to, you know, their values, things that they believe that a lot of these companies that it makes sense that if they have good governance, if they're, if they're doing things that are right, you know, for people and the environment, just again, I'm talking generally speaking, I'm not even talking about a specific subset of that, which would be biblically responsible investing. Uh, you're not giving up on performance on any of these things. Right. I think that's an important point because as ESG in general has gained ground, as people have started to see these aren't mutually exclusive, I don't have to give up performance to invest with my values. And actually, when you invest with these values, people are the most important thing. And then the business will follow. You know, if you take good care of people, uh, business will follow. And so that's, that's kind of people are waking up to that mm-hmm. realization. And that's why I think we've seen ESG grow as much as it has. And so if you take ESG in general, let's just call that, you know, a broad category that separates itself from the total stock market. You have the total stock market, then you also have ESG in the world of ESG. There are several different, you know, I would say subcategories in that. There's socially responsible investments. There's companies out there that literally are focused on, you know, the environment or, you know, climate change, those kinds of things. There's some that are what we call values-driven or faith-driven or biblically responsible investing. So to me, it's sort of a subset of ESG. David, in, in the world of biblically responsible investing, there's a lot of different definitions for this. There's a lot of different terms out there for this. You know, what is, you know, what is the term that you prefer to use when you're describing, you know, this subset of 
screened investing? Yeah, I think, you know, there are a lot of terms that are confusing, but I think, you know, especially as a financial advisor, when I meet with clients and explain biblically responsible investing, I think that the best way to put it is aligning your faith with your investments. Mm -hmm. And that's the simplest way to explain it to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Aligning your faith with your investments. And the term is interchangeably used a lot. There's, you may hear biblically responsible investing. You may hear faith-driven investing. You may hear a values-based in investing. There's all these terms that, you know, pretty much are, you're basically saying the same thing. And that just means what, Ben? In other words, when someone says, I want a portfolio that is biblically responsible, I want a portfolio that is faith-driven, what exactly does that mean? It means we're not harming others for the sake of profit. We are not investing in companies. So at the very base level, this is the, the way that as when we talk about biblically responsible investing, the base level is God owns it all. Mm-hmm. That's We have to understand that very first. That has to be understood to even build on that. So God owns it all. We've got that. Secondarily, when we're investing, we're owning a stake of a company. So when you invest in Coca-Cola stock, you are owning Coca-Cola. You're owning a piece of that company with mm-hmm. the very money that God has entrusted you with. Yep. So if the company that you own is doing something to harm people, now you're using God's money to harm the very people that God calls us to love. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is not what God wants us to do with the resources he's entrusted to our care. So what we try to do is find companies that are doing good, that are adding value instead of extracting value, that are not taking advantage of others for the sake of profit. I like that. That's a, that's a great definition of that. And looking at it from the standpoint that, you know, God is the owner, we're just the managers, and we're technically, and not technically, but in reality, investing the money that God gave to us or blessed us with. And we need to manage that according to the way that he would, what companies would Jesus invest in as it were, you know, and making sure that those align. There's an example that I read recently of, you know, the Smiths. And I'm just going to tell our listening audience this story. And you may relate to this. The Smiths are conservatives with biblical values, such as life, family, marriage, and more. They strive to honor God as they manage their money through giving, saving, and investing. Unfortunately, like so many investors, the Smiths have a problem. The Smiths screen their family's entertainment for violence, drug use, profanity, and nudity, but the Smiths own Comcast in their IRA, which actively produces and distributes these types of entertainment. The Smiths volunteer at a pro-life pregnancy center, but the Smiths own Johnson & Johnson in their 401k, which actively manufactures an abortifacient drug. The Smiths lead on Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at their local church, but the Smiths profit from the S&P 500, which includes alcohol production companies like Molson Coors. David, do you see a problem here? Yeah, I think this is a common misconception that people assume if they are working with a Christian financial advisor, that their advisor is screening out the portfolios and making sure that they're not uh, misaligning their their values mm-hmm. and their investments. But I think this is really important, especially when you're seeking out someone to work with, asking them that question, right? What are the companies that I'm invested in and are the companies that I'm invested in honoring God? So by saying that and by someone asking their advisor, let's say that question, you're suggesting then that there is a way to get an answer to that question. Exactly. (laughs) So in other words, and the reason I say that is for a long time, people have just looked at the names. You look at the names of the mutual funds. I own, you know, Vanguard or I own Fidelity. I own Schwab. I own, you know, blah, 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 you know, mutual fund, Franklin, whatever the case may be. And it looks like, well, what, you know, what is that? But inside of those funds are all individual stocks and, and anybody can analyze 
every holding in a mutual fund and find out exactly which companies that you own. Most people don't go to that trouble, but you certainly can. And I think it's important to understand what you own and make sure that these are companies that you do want to own, that you actually do want to profit from. And uh, so when it comes to, again, biblical responsible investing, a lot of times, you know, Ben, people look at that means that we need to avoid certain companies. And so I want to talk to you about that. What types of companies would not be included in a biblically screened portfolio? We're not going to include the typical, quote unquote, sin stocks. Mm -hmm. Okay, These are uh, tobacco, alcohol, gambling. Mm -hmm. So those three are going to be excluded. Any company that uh, manufactures or distributes those are, are out. Uh, also, we look at companies that are manufacturing abortion drugs, uh, companies that give to places mm -hmm. like Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. um, are going to be screened out. Yeah. Uh, so things like that. Any yeah. any company that's, that's creating pornography or distributing pornography, mm -hmm. screened out. So really, if you think about it again, it goes back to these are companies that we believe are harming others for the sake of profit. Yep. And it, you know, Ultimately, what kinds of businesses would you want to own? You know, that, that's mm -hmm. what a, if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, you can make 100% a year by investing in, in, in this venture, you'd say, okay, what is it? Right. And, and they might tell you yeah. it's, an, it, it's an abortion clinic. You would have right. a real problem with that if you're a follower of God. Right, absolutely. So part of, uh, you know, the screening uh, that's done in a, let's say, a biblically responsible investment portfolio is removing companies that are profiting from, you know, the sale of some of these, you know, products that you mentioned. It could be abortion, it could be gambling, it could be alcohol. David, but it's also not just screening out companies that, you know, should not be in there, but it's also screening for companies that are doing good. Yeah, I think as, especially as data has become more available to not only advisors, but also investors, I think you're going to start seeing more investors looking for those companies that are kind of beacons of hope or shining light, uh, companies that are focused on giving back to their employees, giving back to the community, honoring God with their investments. I mean, we've seen even companies that are, you know, opening orphanages and mm -hmm. providing water wells to to underserved communities. So I think I think investors are going to be seeking out uh, not only investments, but advisors and, and and people in the community that are those shining light and beacons of hope. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, companies that, you know, want to promote uh, the welfare of people in, uh, in, in the world. And so uh, they're trying to do good. They're doing good by their employees. They're, do, they're not involved in uh, uh, you know, child labor and they're not involved in pollution and all those things. So it's not, it's not just negative. It's not, it's not just saying, hey, we're going to take these companies out that are not doing good. We're also looking for companies that are doing good and then, you know, in the SP 500, a lot of times if we just ran a biblically responsible screen in the SP 500, yeah, how many companies would be included in a faith-driven, you know, portfolio? Yeah. So the S&P 500, I mean, you know, it's changes, but it's roughly half. Roughly half of the companies would be screened out and roughly half would, would be available for investment. Yeah. And what I love about that is, you know, to have a diversified portfolio, you don't need 500 stocks. You know, 250 stocks is a very diversified portfolio. And so you can own 250 stocks that you can actually feel good about that you know is not harming anybody that's actually doing good in the world and still get, you know, again, the same results or better. I know, Ben, you like to talk about how, you know, it just makes sense that if companies are truly in the business of benefiting humanity, uh, whether it's, you know, human sanctity, human dignity, human flourishing, all these things is what I look at as 
what biblically responsible really is all about. It's protecting mankind and doing what is right for people that it just makes sense. The companies that have that as their focus uh, to do good in the world and not to harm in the world, that they're just going to, generally speaking, be more profitable. Yeah. I mean, it makes intuitive sense to anyone who understands business. They, they know that the businesses that care for other people mm-hmm. in the long run, maybe there's some short-term sacrifices that need to be made to mm-hmm. take care of people. But in the long run, those businesses will flourish more than ones who are more focused on short-term profitability at the expense of others. Right. And, and, and it's not just the fact that it's, you know, it makes sense that if you invest only in companies that are that have the focus of not harming, have the focus of trying to do good in the world, that they're going to be more profitable. It's actually been, you know, proven true. There was a study done by Ola University, a study done by Shane Anetta, a PhD, a CFA at Biola University's Inspire Research Institute for Biblically Responsible Investing has shown that applying certain biblical investment screening methodology to portfolio security selection can actually generate outperformance in a portfolio when compared to the broader non-screen benchmarks. So some people, David, think, you know what, I, I love the idea. Uh, I'm going to invest, you know, according to my values. And, uh, but I also know I'm going to have to give up, you know, a little bit of return to do that. Uh, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think the key word there is value, right? So in, and in two different contexts, right? What are my values as a Christian and a servant of God, as a steward of God's resources, but then also what are the values that I look for in companies, right? I think people are okay paying more for things that they find valuable, right? That's why someone might stay at uh, a Marriott or a Hyatt versus a Motel 6, right? Because right. there's inherent value in that opportunity. In the same way that you can purchase you know, stocks or investments based on your values, I think there's an inherent congruence with making sure that there is value in the companies that you're choosing and making sure that the the values of that company are aligning with your values as well. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think that some people believe, you know, there obviously there's a little more level of work to to build those portfolios. So there may be a little, a little additional cost to have a portfolio like that. But at the end of the day, uh, we're finding, you know, that the research is saying that there is outperforming. So you can go to a general broad stock market index, or you can go to one that's more screened uh, with companies that are doing good. And it doesn't mean, uh, you know, Ben, we all know that, you know, past performance is no indication of future results. But since it's been around, uh, there's been some outperformance in these companies and these portfolios that are sh- not just accepting everybody in their portfolios. Yeah, the, the research has shown that. We've seen that. And like you said, who knows what the future holds, but even if there's underperformance in the future, near term, we expect long-term outperformance uh, because these are good, biblical principles are good business principles. Right, absolutely. So, you know, now, you know, we've gone from, you know, the total stock market to screened investing, this broad universe of ESG type investing to biblically responsible investing. And now I want to get into, you know, the wise well solution or a solution, Ben, that uh, that you developed, that I've developed, we both of us together have come and put together what we call bright portfolios, which is investment models based on biblically responsible values, like we're talking about in the show today. And, you know, what that is and how people can, uh, you know, get their hands on those. So just talk about a little bit of bright portfolios. First, I, I guess what I wanted to ask you, Ben, is what if someone's listening to the show today and David, maybe you want to pipe in on here, you know, someone who likes the values, they say, look, I want to invest in companies like that, but I personally am not a Christian. 
Uh, do you have to be a Christian to invest in biblically responsible investment portfolios? No, you don't have to be a Christian mm-hmm. to, to do this. Again, it's we're not necessarily screening for companies right. that have leaders that are Christians. That's right. or These are companies that are exhibiting good values and how they treat other people. Mm-hmm. Um, if that aligns with you, you don't need to be a Christian right. for that to be the case, right? Right. Uh, most people would agree that, generally speaking, that's a good thing. Yep. So uh, anybody can do this. Good. David? Yeah, I would say the golden rule really applies here, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. And really, if, if that aligns with who you are as a person, even if you're not a Christian, if you want to treat, if you want to invest in companies mm-hmm. in the way that you would want to be treated yourself, I think this is where uh, the alignment comes through. Absolutely. I think uh, both you guys, those are excellent answers on both sides. It's a matter of, hey, you know, I j- it just makes sense to invest in good quality companies that are doing good in the world, not harming the world. And so you don't even technically have to philosophically even agree. I think mo- you know, most people do, but even if you did not, you can still invest in companies like this. And, and our solution for that is Bright Portfolios. Uh, ben, uh, you're the portfolio manager for Bright Portfolios. Just want to give everybody just a you know quick overview, maybe in the context, even what we're talking about today, uh, what, what Bright Portfolios is. Sure. So we are a asset allocation. So we manage the portfolios for individual clients and we work primarily through financial advisors to do this. So what we do is we take, you know, you were talking about the broad market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take that and we we look at fund companies and ETF providers who are screening the market and looking for companies that are exhibiting good values. So we take those and then we build a fully diversified asset allocation portfolio uh, that aligns with the client's risk tolerance, and you know it, it acts and, and serves as a uh, model portfolio for them, so that they can use that as their kind of mm-hmm. core investment piece. So you know you mentioned uh, several key words there. Obviously, it's, you mentioned it's fully diversified, so the models are still you know built on this you know efficient you know frontier. A modern portfolio theory, I guess, taking the least amount of risk for the rate of return we're trying to get. And all we're doing is adding just an extra screen on there, you know, to to make sure that the companies that are that fit in those models are that match the values. Correct. And so you get the values, you know, premium, let's call it, you know what I mean? You get the values premium on those investments, but you also get the normal low standard deviation for the rate of return we're trying to get, you know, model portfolios. And and so I believe, you know, Bright Portfolios has seven models. David, all the way from uh, all fixed income to all equity. Do you have anything you want to say about you know, Bright Portfolios? Yeah, I think, it, again, it's just a great way to uh, interact with your investments a little bit more. Again, as people are becoming more data aware and data driven, they're looking at how can I align my investments with my values? I had a conversation with uh, with a uh, with a client a few weeks back, and they described Bright Portfolios as a breath of fresh air <laughs> because they didn't have to have a conflict in their mind when they went to sleep at night of knowing that they owned companies that were in misalignment with their values. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great way to put it, that breath of fresh air. Uh, they can feel good about the companies that they own and feel good about the returns. A lot of times we look at, Ben, you know, you know who the companies that we're not going to include and there's so many, there's hundreds and thousands of companies that are included. Um, and I, I was just wondering if you had an example, maybe of a company that we would own in our portfolios that, you know, pass all the screens that's doing good that you can share with the audience. Sure. Yeah. Through one of our mutual funds, uh, we own Palo Alto Networks. Uh, this is a cybersecurity firm. They do a lot of work around the world and they are commonly 
uh, high, basically one of the highest, they have one of the highest net promoter scores in the industry, which that is a measure of client satisfaction. Mm. So we know that they're serving their clients well. We know their work is is very meaningful and valuable, right? Cybersecurity in this world of cyber mm-hmm. attacks regularly is a very important thing, a very valuable thing for our society. And then uh, they're also all constantly rated as a best workplace. Mm. Uh, so you know, they're taking very good care of their people. This is what we mean when we talk about caring for people. Mm-hmm. You can see how they care for their customers by providing an excellent service and providing great customer service because all their customers want to promote mm-hmm. them, want to refer them to others. And they're taking really good care of their employees. Lots of people want to work there. They're a the best place to work. So these are the kinds of things that we like to see whenever we're looking at companies. That's awesome, Ben. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's a great definition too of the type of investing we're talking about today, Paul, biblically responsible investing companies that are doing good. You know, they have great customer service. A lot of the companies that are included in a biblically responsible type investment portfolio or companies that win awards, like great places to work. Uh, so it's not just about, you know, doing good with their products and services in treating their customers well, but it's also treating their employees well. And so it just tends to lead to profitable businesses, Paul, uh, companies that want mm-hmm. to do good in the world, do good for people, do good for their employees. And that's why, you know, Ben and David, I like to, you know, emphasize, you know, what we're looking for when we do biblically responsible investing here through bright portfolios is we want good returns. And obviously good returns means more than just the rate of return. We want a good rate of return and we expect to get that, you know, based on the way we're investing through diversification and inclusion and different asset classes and so forth. But we also want good returns in terms of what David mentioned, and that is, you know, a breath of fresh air. So good returns to us means two things. It means getting positive returns, getting good investment returns, but also feeling good Mm -hmm. about the companies that you invest in, feeling good about, hey, your money that you're investing is actually doing good in this world, not harming this world, and sleeping well at night. Yeah, absolutely. And, And, you know, I find it interesting. We've talked about this in many different products, so to speak, that are out there. But, you know, there, there are things where some people get turned off by a name, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then when you describe how something works, they want it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I haven't run across anyone that would say, you know, I want to invest in companies that really it's all about profit only. It doesn't matter who they hurt along the mm-hmm. way. It doesn't matter what they do. I mm-hmm. don't care, right? Yeah. Most people don't Act right. like There's that. a couple of people out there like that, but yeah, yeah for the most part, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, but yeah. but most people, if yes. you say, "Hey, we want to build a portfolio that yep. focuses on companies that take care of people, that yep. do the right thing all the time," they would say, "Yeah, sign me up." Right. In fact, most people don't even know what they own within the within mm-hmm. the funds they own. Right. Right. No, that's a very good point, Paul. You know, it's it's when you, uh, you know, forget the term. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may, you know, they may say, oh, well, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? But when you describe what it is, mm-hmm. how we're screening, what we're looking for, not it's not exclusive, it's inclusive of the companies that are doing good, you know, with their product services and in the world. And so therefore, most people, like you said, would say, of course, all things being equal, yeah. if I can have a portfolio that's made up of only companies that are, you know, truly doing good for their employees to, to serve the world, absolutely. Let me take that portfolio over a different one. And, and that's what we're seeing. It's it's growing in popularity, Ben, um, this whole, you know, this whole, you know, concept, even, even biblically responsible investing. I think people are looking at it and saying, uh, you know, whatever it is, Judeo-Christian values, that's always worked. 
in the world. And so with companies that, whether, like you said, whether they're faith-based or not, most of these companies aren't. But they abide by what David mentioned a second ago, the golden rule. They're just trying to treat people right. You know, they just tend to be the companies that people should own. Yeah, I agree. David, you know, any, any last words on the subject here on biblical responsible investing yeah. or bright portfolios? Yeah, I'll just say, you know, I, I spoke with someone who was uh, a non-Christian and they they didn't have, they said they didn't have faith or values, you know, that aligned with with the Judeo-Christian faith. And, mm-hmm. and after explaining bright portfolios and biblically responsible investing, at the end of the conversation, they said, this just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because why would you not want to invest in a company that's treating their employees right, treating their clients right, and being a positive impact, having a positive impact in the community? Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, I love hearing those stories. And I think that's, you know, that's the job that we have, obviously, Ben and David and myself and those of us in the the financial services industry that are kingdom advisors and wanting to help people. Our job is the same. Um, Our role is the same in trying to do good for people. And the best way that we can do good for people is also make sure that their investments are good. And uh, we feel like as, you know, fiduciaries that it's our responsibility to make sure if there is such a thing as values-based investing or faith-driven investing, and we believe that it does uh, you know, it is the right way to invest from a performance standpoint. It's the right way to invest from a, a philosophical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Then we ought to promote that to our clients. Uh, we believe that's just the right thing to do. Ben, any any other thoughts you want to make sure you share with uh, the audience today on biblically responsible investing or bright portfolios? Yeah, I think just philosophically going back to the what this is all about is there's a couple of, to get a little bit, well, there's a couple of Hebrew words here that I think maybe describe this really well. One is avodah, and it means work, worship, service. Mm. So the meaning of some of these Hebrew words Mm. have multiple kind of translations in our language, right? So that is viewing our work as service to others and as such worshiping the Lord through our work. And then the idea of shalom, Mm. of peace and flourishing. Uh, So using our work as worship, we can help create shalom in our communities uh, by caring for others. And that's mm-hmm. really what all of this is all about, yep. is what we're trying to do. It's what we look for when we're looking at companies, companies that view their work as a service to others yep. and as such are bringing about flourishing in the world. Yep. That's why we do this. That's why individually, why we do what we do mm-hmm. at Wise Wealth, why we do what we do at Bright Portfolios. And we're looking for companies that are aligned as well. Absolutely. And uh, that's a great way to, you know, wrap up the show, Paul. And that is, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about today about, you know, feeling good about the companies Mm -hmm. that you own. But, you know, Ben just brought up the fact that even those of us that are promoting biblically responsible investing or values-based, you know, investing models, uh, you know, we we can feel good about the work that we do. Uh, We don't have to feel bad that, hey, we're we're not we're not putting our clients in um, in portfolios that are that are really doing good in the world. That's what we want to do. Uh, So we want to promote peace. We want to promote the sanctity, the dignity, the flourishing Mm -hmm. of human life. That's really what it's all about. And I think our clients, anybody invested in uh, bright portfolios or biblically responsible investing can feel very good about. Mm-hmm. Um, and also those who promote it, you know, like us, those who are encouraging people to invest like this, we can feel very good about the investments that they're in. Absolutely. And so, you know, we started the episode talking about knowledge and that's mm-hmm. what this is. I mean, for a lot of people, this is probably something brand new. They've never mm-hmm. really thought about what they are own. Mm -hmm. And they think, okay, how am I going to do all the research on my own and do all this? I mean, people think about that, but wisdom is then taking that knowledge and putting it into action. So for 
for the average investor, there's two ways they could get involved. I mean, that they could take action. Mm -hmm. And one would be just themselves to find out, you know, connect with Bright Portfolios. How can mm -hmm. they do that, Ben? They can go to our website, brightportfolios.com, mm -hmm. uh, take a look at all the stuff on there. There's a lot of resources about biblically responsible mm -hmm. investing. Um, another way would be to reach out to an advisor at Wise Wealth, Stephen, myself, David, anybody here at Wise Wealth can help talk anybody through that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then you mentioned that Bright Portfolios a lot of times works with advisors. So if they have an advisor, they could do something simple as share this episode with them and have the advisor reach out and say, I want to be able to offer Bright Portfolio. I want to do the right thing for mm -hmm. my clients as well. Right. And those people would reach out, you know, directly to your brightportfolios.com. And those advisors would probably be in touch with, you know, David, who's on the call, obviously, today, and Ben. And then, like uh, Ben just mentioned, you know, obviously, uh, individual investors, they, mm -hmm. they should go directly to, you know, wisewealth.com and, and just let us know you're interested in this this sort of investing. Absolutely. So, yeah, certainly appreciate having you on, Ben. Uh it's always a pleasure. David, thank you for joining us today as well. And uh, Stephen, thank you for, as always, the, the great guests that you bring on this episode, the way that we continue to educate our listeners. Uh, we look forward to that. You know, from our listeners, we do have uh, one more episode here yet this season, and we still are compiling a list of kind of frequently asked questions. So if you have a question that you want answered on the next episode our 48th episode of Simplify Your Retirement Podcast, send us an email at info at simplifyyourretirement.com. That's info at simplifyyourretirement.com. Link will be in the show notes as well. Send us your questions so that we can address that next time on the Simplify Your Retirement Podcast. Also, if you want a copy of Stephen's book, Simplify Your Retirement, you can use the same email there in the show notes. Send us an email request and we will be glad to get you a copy of his book. Thank you again, all of you. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. You're the reason we do this. And honestly, we wouldn't be here without you. Thank you for tuning into the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your family and friends, and even like this one, maybe with your advisor. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Paul Brock reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.